At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash grad school. So as the Yankees wrapped up a weather-shortened three-game set with Boston and head to Toronto for the first time this year, let's talk about some things the Yankees could be focused on, focusing on in the coming weeks. Yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about a couple of things that we've seen that could happen in the future. We're talking about the opener, uh, some potential additions to the rotation, and uh, the return of a lot of the injured players. That's right. There's a lot to cover in this episode. We're going to try and do it quickly. The last episode ran too long. Uh, so sit back and enjoy because... You will not want to miss any part of this conversation. Um, so here we are. Brad McCormick, Greg Andrano. Moving on. That's right. <laughs> uh, episode 20. Uh, so about a month ago, I wrote a, an article on the Yankee Chatter about where players are placed in the batting order when they return from injury. And this has kind of been my big rant the last couple months, it seems. Brad, Brad can surely attest to that. Uh, and I just want to say that, yeah, oh, that's Brad. all. That's, that's all, all I have this to say. Yep. Nothing, nothing <laughs> so, so let's start when when Gary came back. He missed about a couple weeks of of time due to injury, twelve days to be precise. Took him three three games when he returned to register a hit, and in that time, he was batting cleanup. Now, my my beef is 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 a player tech, technically ready to be in a high leverage position and when i say high leverage position in the batting order i mean one through four one through four those are the high leverage positions to me so if a player misses time significant amount of time and then they come back to to play should they be thrown back into those spots in the batting order i don't think so i i I don't think their timing is there i don't think they're they're uh they they made the proper adjustments that they would have been made if they were to have been playing regularly up and through the injury. So, uh, no. Another example of this is Aaron Hicks. He's currently going through this struggle right now. He's been back for 16 games. I think he's he's he had a home run tonight, but uh, he's only hitting like 200. And he's not back yet. He's not the Aaron Hicks that we all know. Now, I'm not saying these guys come back from their injury and bench them or bat them at the bottom of the order permanently or or whatever, I'm saying give them a couple extra games, let them get their bearings, let them get their timing down, and get, get back to the player that we know them to be, then put them back in those positions in the lineup. I don't, I don't have to go through read through all this. I know I have an essay written here. But, um, no, that's pretty much my point. And it seems like the Yankees do this with every player that comes back from injury. And I'm sure they're going to do it with Aaron Judge. I'm sure they're going to do it with Stanton when they come back because they're going to put them right back in the two and three hole in the batting order. And it just doesn't make sense to me. And maybe I'm crazy, Brad. Maybe I'm not. What is your take on this nonsense? Ah, I love it. I love when you can even agree to a disagree. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to agree to disagree because, uh, you know, my stance on this, I think a player is who he is when he, come, when he comes back. You're not going to make a starting pitcher be a reliever when he comes back. You're not going to uh, make a closer to a seventh inning guy when he comes back. It's just you put them where they're capable of being. Uh I think, okay, maybe not bad on leadoff. I get that. 
to an extent because you're only really leading off one time of the game. But that's the thing. Like you say, high leverage is one through four, but not the one through four might not be coming up in the most high leverage parts of the game, uh, which is why batting orders in general. Uh, it's a whole other conversation. I mean, people mm-hmm. go crazy with batting orders, like who's batting Leo, but they really only really only batting Leo one time a game. Uh, but I think a guy is who he is. So when, like you said, judge comes, judge comes back, you bat him a second. Torres, Torres got hurt and was out for two three weeks. And he comes back, you put him back at fifth, and that's just that's just me. I understand where you're coming from though, Greg. I understand that when a guy's trying to still get trying to get his timing and swing back. You might not want to put them as high up in the lineup where your best hitters are supposed to be playing. Uh, right. And go, well, my, go ahead. my point is, you know, you put them down in the lineup, everyone else in that lineup has to move up. And now you've got guys you don't want them to be anyway. So, Right. So really this isn't – and I get where you're coming from, and I completely, it completely makes sense. But I think you're saying the player who is who he is, but he's not. He comes back from injury. He plays two, three – rehab games only to be cleared to play. Well, he's not the same. Problem. I think the problem is he's not, they're not rehabbing enough to rush. Right. Back. So, so that could be a potential solution. But the other thing is, is yeah, he's a player. He is who he is, but he, he's not, he's also affecting the, the batters that hit around him. Tip, technically. I mean, typically. So you put Hicks in batting third and he typically has, and we'll, we'll say everybody's healthy in this instance, he's batting third and you have judge and, and Stanton batting around him in this example. Well, you know, he's not the same Hicks if he was fully healthy. So you get Judge and, the, and everyone on and he, ahead of him, and you're not getting the same Aaron Hicks that you would if he was fully healthy, where, where he might work a count and then hit a double. Instead, you're getting a, a Aaron Hicks role. He, his timing's not quite there, so he'll still work the count full and get the pitcher throwing pitches, but he might ground out to second, or he might because his timing's not fully there. So he's not 100% the same player if he was when he was fully healthy. That's the only thing I'm saying. You're hurting the players around you. So if you put them in the bottom of the order and you keep players that have been producing, like a Gio or Shella or like Glaber Torres, and you move them up in the order a little bit and have them around the other guys that have been producing, then that's your meat of the order, and you're not hurting the meat of your order. That's that's my whole point. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like I said, it's a valid point, and you 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 want to you almost kind of like you're saying. You want, you want them to bat lower and let them improve their way back up to the, where they should be. Is that what you're saying? I don't. Like I don't want to. I don't want to say prove because because they're proven hitters. They're proven ball players. I want to say, I want them to be back in the major league lineup because they are capable of hitting well and they could, right off the rip, be a productive hitter. But nine times out of ten, they're not going to be. So I want them in the lineup. I want them in a spot in the lineup where they can get their working, get their adjustments made and, and get back to that player that we know them to be not to necessarily prove them, but just to like get re reacquainted with being in the lineup every day and being facing major league pitching, because you can go down to the minor leagues and face triple a pitchers five days in a row. And then you come into the major leagues and there can be completely different levels of pitching, completely different pitching. Yeah. And you could hit 300 in those minor league at bats, and then come back and face Max, Serge, Max Scherzer, Stephen Strasburg, and and uh, Patrick Corbin. They're they're completely on a different level than any AAA pitcher you're going to face. So to me, betting him in the bottom of the lineup and and getting him those reps and getting him reacquainted with major league pitching is more the is more the task at hand here, as opposed to just throwing him back into the fire. 
I think there's just got to be a better way of handling that. I just don't think mm-hmm. that you can sit when you're making out your batting order, say, okay, well, so-and-so's probably only going to go for one for four, maybe oh for three today. I don't know. Let's just put him around the bottom of the lineup and, and let's let's wait until he starts getting a couple hits a game to bring him up. I just don't think it's the way to handle it, especially at the major level. I think if you're if they feel you're you're good enough to bring brought up to the major league team, then you should be the guy that they know you are, and they should be able to play you where you were being played before. That that's my opinion. I, and I completely agree with that. And that's but that's not the case, is it? Right? They bring these guys, I think, way up way too pre- prematurely. I don't know if it's and all relations or what, but Yankees definitely. I I don't pay attention to the other ones, unfortunately, but I, I noticed with the Yankees. As soon as they're healthy enough to play, they bring them up to the major leagues and they throw them right in. And I think that's the problem. And, and I think you'll agree. This is where we will agree on this is that they either need to stay in AAA longer, get their routine back, get used to playing every day again, and then be brought up to the, to the major leagues. That I would be more comfortable with than just a two game rehab stint and immediately thrown because they're still they don't have their timing back. Get them get them playing regularly again. I'm not saying a month. I'm saying maybe like 10 games. Like they're doing I mean, with Didi. I think they're handling Didi the correct, the right way. Even Aaron Hicks had to tell the Yankees I need more reps in the my, my leagues because they wanted to bring him up earlier and he was actually brought up. In the end, it didn't matter because the game, a couple games got rained out for him in Wilkes-Barre. But mm-hmm. uh, he, mm-hmm. he wanted more reps in my leagues. I think it's like he's like, – well, but this one thing we are agreeing on is that they need more reps before they come back up. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with Hicks is that he got injured in spring training. So he missed pretty much the entire spring training and 40-something games in the major league season. So right now he's still in his spring training. He's still figuring out where he is. So for him, I think this more, most definitely applies is that he was brought back way too soon. I think he should still be in AAA with Didi and getting his swing right before they brought rushed him back because the Yankees are doing just fine without him. The Yankees are struggling. It might be a different conversation, but the fact that they've been they're in first place and they're doing well without him, you can afford to give him a little more cushion. So, all right, in the interest of time, let's. let's yeah, so that that's all I have to say about that. If anyone's uh, listening or wants to join, then we'd actually love to get. I think mean, we should get other people's opinions on this matter. So yeah, if yeah. you want to let us know what you think, that'd be great. Uh, let's move mm-hmm. on to. Greg's other uh, boiling point, and that's the opener. Um, mm-hmm. I'll let you talk about this more because you actually are more for this than I am, but go on. Well, I don't know if I'm for the opener or if I'm for just – I'm just not against it. Like, I don't really – when I first started the opener, I didn't really understand it. Like, what was the point of having a guy pitch one inning and then playing the starter? It didn't really make much sense to me, but then I got – people start explaining, like, it's analytics. They show the third time through a lineup is going to hit you more, so maybe you should only face that, that lineup twice. Um, but anyways, let's get into the the details here. As of today, the Yankees are three and zero when using the opener. The trends continuing to gain momentum around the baseball. The Yankees have adopted the strategy due to the number of injuries in their rotation so far this season. Notably, lengthy injury to Severino, Paxton, and Moisica, and uh, you could probably put in Hap and Montgomery and all those guys. Either way, or not Hap, Sabathia. Uh, there's been a lot of injuries around the rotation. Uh, Severino hasn't pitched yet for the All-Star game, maybe before. Uh, James Paxson's returned from the injured list last week. He looked great against the Padres, uh, but he's just coming back. Loisica has been the first man to call up in the event of an injury, but he's been sidelined, shut down until May 14th. Uh, and this also includes, like, as I suggested, or as I <clears throat> stated about CeCe Sabathia and Tanaka and 
that they've each missed one start. So the Yankees have had injuries, um, and this is why I'm okay with it. Um, see, with the Yankees, I don't know if they're if, is it. It's not really an opener as much as it is a bullpen day. So, so you see, to me, opener is when you have your starter, uh, like say uh, Paxton was going to pitch, but you don't have Paxton come into the second inning, the third inning. That I don't get. That's the opener thing that the Rays did, mm-hmm. and I just don't really understand that. I don't mm-hmm. like it. I think baseball is when you look in the paper and you see the team's playing, you see this pitcher versus this pitcher. It's how it's always been and how it's always should have been. Mm-hmm. I'm for bullpen days. Um, I get that you're running the risk of one of the five bull, uh, relievers not having it that day and giving up runs. Um, but to me, a pitcher, multiple pitchers trying to get through two innings is just as good as one pitcher trying to get through seven innings. So mm-hmm. that is why I've always been okay with the bullpen. I've always said, you know, my, you know, my view, I've always, well, I've always wanted three starters pitching three innings each, each day. Because if you can't get through the three innings, then you shouldn't be a pitcher anyway in the major leagues, if you ask me. So that's my view on it. I'm okay for bullpen days. I don't get the opener, but I'm okay with them using it. If this, if this is what you want to call openers. All right. So that kind of derails that whole conversation a little bit because I thought you were going to talk more about the opener. But that's okay because you have kind of reaffirmed how I feel about it in the sense that if you have to do a bullpen day, call it a bullpen day. Don't call it an opener. That's, I think that's what gets everybody aggravated is that the fact that you're, they're calling it an opener it makes you think that they're doing one thing when they're really not. And you really only need to have those when half your rotation is hurt. And you can't have your – I ruined the whole segment. I ruined the whole segment, didn't I? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine because because you pretty much said what I was going to say in the sense that, you know, bullpen days – are only a necessity out of injury, right? The Yankees, the Yankees are not built that way. The Yankees are not built to be openers. They're not, they have a full rotation. So for them to rely on the opener, this is why, this is what bothers me is, is that if they were to rely on the opener during these bouts of injuries, that's where they don't flourish because that's not how they're built. That's not the team they are. Like, so, I would never want the Yankees to do with Oakland in the, in the wildcard game. Like, no, no. You want, you want half of New York to have a stroke, uh, have them start an opener in, the, in a winner-take-all wildcard game. But, no, the, the fact that you said what you said definitely reaffirms what, how I feel about it, is that you only do it out of necessity and an injury, can't rely on it as a, as a means to, to carry rotation because there's just too many moving parts with an opener. Like you said, you don't, you're, you're risking the fact that one of those relievers might not have it that day. But then again, you're, you're kind of doing that in a rotation where your starter only gives you five innings and you have four relievers close out the game. You know, one of those guys might not have it that day. Uh, but at least you're getting it out of the way early, whereas opposed where you might have a three run lead and you might blow the lead. So it, it, I guess I kind of am talking my way into seeing the advantages to it, but for the Yankees specifically, they're not built to have an opener. They are a starting rotation team, and if they have to rely on it, it's solely out of necessity due to injury, not as a means of carrying a rotation through the entire season. I don't see them ever starting a bullpen guy when they have one of their regular rotation guys pitching, mm-hmm. like Tampa mm-hmm. does. Like Tampa had Snell pitch last year, but he'd come in the second or third inning. Yeah, that's dumb. That's dumb. So Chad uh, Green's been the guy that has been the opener the few times that they have done it and he's kind of got knocked around in two of these in two of the opening starts 
And then he pitched really well against San Diego. The third one, uh, maybe he's not the answer for that. But you know what? I think we kind of took care of that by saying, well, maybe it's a bullpen day and this is, this is going to kind of go away now because they're starting to get pitchers back. And, and even one of the other things that we're going to talk about in this episode is a potential free agent that's available or potential trades that could happen. So I don't know if you want to keep talking about this, Brad, but I think, I think we kind of actually end up ended up agreeing on this now that well, we've kind of talked it through and, and got all the facts on the table and, and our stances. Let's just put it this way though. If we don't agree, if we both agree that Chad Green shouldn't be the opener, well, like who else are you going to put out there? That's the thing. I don't know. I, I if Cecil was the Cecil that we had in, in spring training, I would pick him and I would have him pitch two innings because he's capable of pitching two innings. Well, Hale's uh, lately. Maybe, maybe he's the answer. I don't think you can pin it on one guy. I think you need to mix and match. And uh, I think Chad Green, who pitched a scoreless inning tonight against Toronto, one, two, three, by the way, uh, I think he's better suited for getting his act together and pitching later innings as opposed to an opener. Maybe, maybe someone who has starting experience but isn't necessarily going to give you the length, maybe that's the kind of guy you want in those well, emergency bullpen Chad games. Chad Green was a starter at one point. I always thought that they never gave him a fair chance of getting to that rotation, but they usually know more than I do. So, mm-hmm. Well, you, you don't know. You don't know what's – I mean, maybe Chad has bought into this thing because he, he can throw with higher velocity coming out of the pen and he's throwing less pitches and, and he's become a, an asset until recently out of the bullpen. Yeah. So sticking with the rotation, why don't I just hop right into the Dallas, uh, Dallas Keuchel? Yeah, let's do that. Cause, uh, this, this could be a lengthy chat. So, um, you want to, you want to start us off here? All right. So right now the Yankee starting rotation has been dealing with a lot of injuries as we were just discussing. Uh, maybe rather than having a bullpen day, you, you get an actual starter. Uh, James Craxton, CC Sabathia just returned. Uh, but you know CC's going to go back out of the deal. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's just gonna inevitable. Gio uh, mm-hmm. Gonzalez, they had, uh, he's pitched well for Milwaukee. Basically, the Yankees paid Gio to rehab him for Milwaukee, which is weird. Uh, mm-hmm. He recently has also actually gone on IL with a dead arm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It make it, well, made it it's... Maybe in a sense where if they pitched him in that time that they had need, they were using an opener, he would have served yeah. his purpose. Yeah. And then and then they could have released him. And then now with his dead arm, you know, you got all these other starters coming back. Boom. He did what he needed to do or what you signed him for to yeah. start. So we don't need to talk about Gio and his stats. We pretty much summed that up. He's on the IL. So, yeah, maybe they did dodge a bullet in the sense where – he wouldn't have been a long-term long-term solution for this season, but if they kept him a little bit longer, he would have served his purpose and and when they needed a starter. Uh, but like you said with CC, you know he you know it's a long season. He's already been on the injured list what twice this season? Has he been on twice? I, think uh, I don't so. know. I don't know about twice, but definitely once. And you know he's going to be back on soon. Well, yep. Soon at he, some point. He's his health is too unpredictable, and then you got Paxton, who was already an injury risk, bringing him in. He's he's healthy now, but you don't you you keep your fingers crossed and hope that he can stay healthy for the rest of the season. What about Jay Happ, Brad? Well, he struggled, uh, although he did pitch well against the Red Sox, I'd say. 
but he's struggling with teams like the Orioles, which is weird. He's not the Jay Hat that we that we remember from last year. So you wonder uh, if he is the pitcher they thought they were acquiring. They acquired him. If if they knew Jay Hat was going to struggle this much, maybe they would have pushed a little bit harder for Corbin. I and mean, that's that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible. So combining Hat with the injuries. There seems to be a void there that could be filled by a guy named Dallas Keuchel who's still sitting out there unsigned. And by the way, that draft pick uh, that draft pick penalty is now gone. Yes, that's right. As of Sunday, I think it was, both him and Greg Kimball, Kimbrell can be signed now without the team losing a, a draft pick. So that was one of the reasons why he kind of didn't get picked up last month or, or fairly recently. Is But the other thing was is that he also wanted a lot of money. He was still looking for a long-term deal right? At, in, into the start of the season, and teams weren't willing to give him that. Or, and he wanted around 25 to $30 million annually. But, uh, you know, that's not going to be how it is. So uh, Houston apparently offered him a one-year $15 million or two-year 24, and he turned them both down. Uh, and now I forgot who said this, but he's looking for a prorated deal for one year to the value of the qualifying offer which a one-year qualifying offer would have been 18 million dollars and i think that comes out to be prorated around like 12 13 million dollars um so that's kind of where it is right now and like you said draft pick compensation you want to talk a little bit more about uh some of this other stuff on here yeah so uh one thing about kaiko is if if, i don't know if it's on here or not but i'm going to throw it in here anyway if he signs a one-year deal instead of a multi-year deal and next year he'll be free agent but he won't need that qualifying offer so he'll be a real free agent technically so just mm-hmm. uh it's kind of open market for him uh so in the off season like you said houston made the qualifying offer and he rejected it uh a lot of houston fans were upset about that they really wanted him back they wanted astros to try harder for him back uh he's expecting to sign in the coming days uh the yankees are the favorite from everything i heard on mlb radio today and on mlb.com the saying yankees are the favorite they just have to uh, figure out the money. Uh, according to John Heyman, he has potential landing spots. Uh, other ones are Rays, Twins, Braves, Cardinals, Brewers, are all rumored. Uh, Braves are known as a favorite as well, and I will agree the Braves <laughs> the Braves could really use them. Uh, mm-hmm. The Geo injury is is enough. Brewers need them. I really uh, be afraid of the Rays getting them <clears throat> just because Keiko always pitches so well against the Yankees. Uh, but that mm-hmm. is a, a real landing spot. And then Twins, the Twins. Uh, even though they have the MLB's best record right now, they have some pitchers that could easily get pushed out of the rotation for Dallas Keuchel, and I think it'd be fair. So there's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of potential lane spots for Keuchel. There should be a market there, uh, but you also have to think that Keuchel probably wants to get on team ASAP. And he did say he shaved his beard, so we got that going for you too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we're going to hear an answer sooner or later. Uh, I don't know. I, at the beginning of the season, I didn't want him. Um, I think he's better than our options now. So as long well, as the Yankees still try to upgrade the rotation at the deadline and that this isn't their savior, then I'm good with it. I, I, I agree. I think you signed him. He's a former Cy Young winner. Uh, he has a career 3.66 ERA. He's a lefty. He keeps the ball in the ballpark. Um, I try to sign him. I would try to sign him for two years, maybe try to get an option out of him. He's probably not going to do that, and he'll probably end up being a one-year prorated deal. Uh, but, um, you know, he's come down in price, so maybe this would be an opportunity to sign him for another year. But again, like what you said, he'll probably want to 
test the free agent waters again next year. Uh, just to mention, last year he he went 12 and 11 with 3.74 ERA and 34 games started. He threw a, uh, 200 innings and he had a uh, 153 strikeouts. He's a career 3.66 ERA. He's he's a solid pitcher. He had a decent year last year. It's kind of crazy that he didn't get signed, but I think maybe he may have overvalued his market than what teams were looking to pay him. And he's a contact hitter. You have to remember that. He's not a he's not a strikeout pitcher for per se. He's a he is a contact hitter. So you gotta have a good defense around him. And I think I don't know about the outfield, but the infield wise, the Yankees are a pretty good defensive team. Well, you know, you figure he'll if they sign him, he probably needs a week or two to get his bearings and then um he'll be back with he'll be in the big league club and he probably only makes one or two starts without Judge and Stanton. And then they'll they'll slowly come yeah. back, and then that then that outfield defense gets significantly better. So I would sign them. Pitching's pitching. Can never have too much pitching. And like you said, they need to try and make a deal uh, at the deadline to get another pitcher from one of these other struggling teams. So, Brad, we'll skip the part whether or not we would sign him. Obviously, we want him. Uh, uh, but it has mentioned been mentioned that they might try and go out and acquire a pitcher. So, which pitchers should the Yankees try to target? I have three guys on my list. Three guys on my wish list. I'll start with the most unrealistic to the most realistic. The one <laughs> the most unrealistic, the one I want the most, is Max Scherzer. I don't care what the Yankees give up for him. You're pretty much guaranteeing a World Series in my eyes if you have Scherzer in that rotation. So you'd have Severino, Paxton, and Scherzer, and Tanaka, who pitches great big games. Those four guys in a postseason uh, seven-game series, forget about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, next one down. Secondly, I'd want Bauer. Uh, Trevor Bauer, uh, I love his attitude, his quirkiness. It's something that the Yankees need. Uh, kind of like a David Cohn, because David Cohn was always a weird, intense guy. And he's uh, very cerebral. He's very cerebral. Very, very. Both Cohn, Cohn and Bauer. So, could benefit so from that. Bauer's, he's a strikeout pitcher. Uh, he's very studious. He, he, he loves analytics. Is what the Yankees are all about. I think... Adding him to that rotation, that's not as much of a foregone com- conclusion as Scherzer, but it also would be a hu- huge upgrade. And then third guy on my list, who is probably the most realistic, would be Marcus Stroman. Uh, I like him because he's a New Yorker. He's competitive. Uh, he's very streaky. He's hot and cold. But if you can catch him pitching well, like down, like everyone seems to do. Like if you take a pitcher from a, a team like Toronto or like a Verlander from Detroit, and you throw them into a pennant race like, like Verlander was with Houston, they seem to upgrade their game. And they come to that's life. What Strom, yeah. That's what I think Stroman would do for the Yankees. So I think Stroman's the most realistic, and I wouldn't mind him. All right, so you already mentioned that you would give up pretty much anything to get Scherzer. What do you give up for uh, Trevor Bauer? You know what? I, I don't – Cleveland's been hesitant about taking back Brazier, but I don't see why they want it. Um, the only injury Frazier had this year was that weird ankle one that he did himself by sliding back in the second feet first. And Cleveland's concern about Frazier was his injury risk. So I'd offer him Frazier. Uh, I'd offer him a couple of young arms. I, I don't know what else they want. I mean, I'd probably give up a lot for, for Bauer. At this point, I these give... are built to win now. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to give up prospects now. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I'd give up Frazier. I'd probably even try and throw in Maven, uh, just because they Cleveland's desperate for outfield help, and then maybe like a a, a mid-level pitching prospect and a low-level pitching prospect. Uh, but I would give up 
anything for Scherzer. Like I like you said, he's he's basically going to be he would be the Justin Verlander of 2019. He would ignite the the team, the rotation. He would be everything that we've always wanted. Anything we've always ever wanted in in an ace, quote unquote ace for this team. So yeah, up, I, I'm. Right. Do you give up Andujar for either of those guys? Yeah, I would. I would too. I would too. Mm-hmm. You got Lemayhew. He's your he's your insurance, and he's proved that he can play anywhere. So if you have to give up Andujar for a, a stud like Scherzer for three years of Scherzer or two and a half years of Scherzer, do it. Going into next year, if the if the if the infield was Lemayhew. D.D. Torres, Voight with Urshel as your backup third baseman, and LeMahieu as your backup everything else, I'm fine with that. Me too. 100%. That is a solid defensive team. Um, so, yeah, other names that have come up that could be potential targets are Corey Kluber, Danny Duffy, Aaron Sanchez, and Madison Bumgarner, none of, the, none of which I would want, especially Mad Bum. He's way past his prime. Now, maybe he becomes like a Verlander and becomes a completely different pitcher in a new Location, but yeah, I think thing. the Yankees were on it. And so yeah. everyone said about Verlander when the Yankees, when people were talking about the Yankees getting Verlander two years ago, everyone said uh, Verlander is not what the Yankees need. He's older. The Yankees are going younger. And look what he did. So. And then, and you always have his experience in the postseason. Uh, he's been one of the best postseason pitchers of all time. So who knows if you put him on a pennant race team and get him in the postseason, he could revert. Maybe not as dominant, but definitely a solid rotation piece. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, anyways, with that said, we had a ton to talk about this episode, and we really slimmed it down. Uh, but I think we got across all the points that we needed to. What were, your, what were your three? If you had to pick three guys for the Yankees to get, what were they? The same ones you would pick. Okay. I think I, I want Scherzer at any means. Uh, I, I love Tre- Trevor Bauer for the same reasons that I love David Cohn. He's a little kooky, but he's a little... He's, he's cerebral and get him in the same pitching staff as Adam Adovino. I think the two of them together could, uh, could come up with something crazy. Uh, would, you Bauer, would you take Bauer over Kluber or am I, am I on there? I would, I would take Bauer over Kluber okay. in the sense that Kluber's on his downs on his downside. He's injured also right now. So you won't even get him yeah. back for a couple months. And uh, no, I would take Bauer and then Stroman just because he's got that tenacity, that fire that, um, you know, could, could it help ignite some of the – give the rotation some energy? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. Well, the only – only, Yeah, that would be nice. I would love to see Kluber and one of these three guys in pinstripes come to season end and have a formidable right. four-man rotation going into the playoffs. Keiko. You said I like, you said I like to see Kluber in, in one of these guys. Oh, sorry. Keiko. <laughs> yeah, not Kluber. Keiko. Yep. Kluber right, Keiko. So, yeah. Yeah, all K's. Too many K's. Too many con- too many consonants going on there. Uh, so yeah, that that pretty much wraps up episode twenty. Uh, if you like what we talked about, if you have any comments you want to add, please feel free. We'd love to get a conversation going about these things. It's uh, it's I think we're they're all interesting topics. So um, let's see what you have to say. Please, I'm not begging you, but do it. Comment, respond, let us know what you think. With that hot girl, come find me. <laughs> is this your new closing for every episode brad come find me <laughs> yep because because we're out there we're on youtube instagram twitter facebook itunes spotify google play just just come find us by searching yankee chatter we're out there we are out there 
But seriously, it's been fun being back on this. I hope we can do it more uh, more recently or more frequently. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, spread the word, subscribe, all that all that fan, fancy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Greg Andriano at Greg Andriano05 on Twitter, and you are. I am Brad McCormick at Brad or Chatter One on Twitter. And Don't this is Yankee. Please actually Don't. add me. We want them to add us, Brad. We want them to add us. (laughs) But seriously, thanks for joining us. Let us know what you think and have a great night. And most of all, most importantly, go Yankees. Go Yanks.